improve their communication skills so they can help more people and help people more. I'm your host Dr Martin Harvey. I'm a chiropractor and I'm an expert in communicating the value of chiropractic. Today on the podcast I'm joined by the amazing Dr Adam McKenzie. You'll get to meet and learn from Adam. Adam is a chiropractor here in Australia. He's practiced in South Australia and the Northern Territory and he's been in practice for seven or eight years in that time he has achieved a phenomenal amount. He's done a diplomat in paediatrics and he has built a network of over 40 practices employing over 100 people. He and his wife Emily have been huge supporters of the Adelaide College of Chiropractic where they've donated over $200,000 to support the start of that new college. He gets a phenomenal amount done, and even more than just the numbers of that, he's created a really cool practice community where the chiropractors and the CAs are really very much part of a vision, mission, and purpose-driven organization where they're really creating a lot of change. So you'll get to learn more about how, why, and what Adam does to create this level of change. I think it's a pretty phenomenal amount to, for anybody to do across their career, but to do it in less than 10 years from graduation is just next level. So I think you'll love this episode. Uh, I've had a bunch of emails and messages and those sort of things, and I actually worked out how I can get access to the um, reviews that many of you have been leaving on the uh, Apple Podcasts link. So thank you. I have one from Dr. ABM who said, Master Chiropractic Community, Martin's communication framework is simple and effective, can be used and applied in any type of chiropractic practice, a great podcast series, so thank you. Ryan S2309 has also contributed great show on improving communication. Martin's working hard in a laid back way, I love that, to help you improve your communication skills, bring more joy and less stress to your practice also had an email from Matt in Queensland who about last week's episode about how to handle the situation if somebody just wants to get cracked and he said this episode was excellent no doubt one that I'll put on repeat so my brain remembers all the gems in it it's a situation slash situation that turns up at least once a week and he said see you in Brisbane which brings me to the improving patient care workshops that are on in Brisbane in a week and a half and then Adelaide, then Perth and Sydney. So they're in-person ones in Australia. And I will also be presenting a version of the same information, the communication to improve patient care, where we break down key strategies that will help people get a better understanding of what they need to do to improve their health, improve their outcomes. So essentially a patient-centered way of communicating the value of chiropractic. And I'm doing it as an online webinar format with the Scottish Chiropractors Association on the 21st and 22nd of April, so two three-hour sessions. And with the UCA partnering with them on the 6th and 9th of June, also two three-hour sessions. 
So great opportunity if you are not in Australia to get the information and start implementing it. So the timing of that, uh, their evenings UK time, and that is a time zone that would be super early in the morning if you wanted to do it from Australia, probably a, a reasonable morning time for New Zealand. And if you're in the UK, it's going to be your evening. If you're in the US, it's probably going to be your lunchtime to afternoon. So probably available to a bunch of different time zones, but hope to see you either in person or virtually really soon. So let's welcome to the podcast, the amazing Dr. Adam McKenzie. Hey Adam, great to see you. You too, man. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. You've been on my list of people that I've wanted to have since I started it. But um, we caught up last week at the, last week it was, yeah, at the um, ACC Concordia event, which was a phenomenal event. We got to have a chat and a, a drink together and I thought we've got to get this happening. So here we are. Thanks for being on the, thanks for joining us. Yeah, how good was Concordia, hey? It was amazing. The things that they're doing at ACC, and I know you're uh, contributing a lot there, and we'll probably get to that at, through the chat, but it's really gaining a huge amount of momentum and in a positive way for chiropractic. So, yeah, amazing. Yeah, likewise with you and the um, Scotland College. Yeah, look, exciting things happening on uh, both in both hemispheres. So, all good. Hey, so super importantly, it's uh, as you know, I'm very passionate about coffee and uh, the positive benefits it has. So, tell me, what sort of coffee are you under the influence of these days? All right. Well, you're going to hate this because I was literally just talking to my um, my marketing team about this before we run the coffee competition in all the practices, right, to um, help get us some more leads. Um, but I'm probably the only chiropractor in all of chiropractic life that does not drink coffee. Have, oh. not, have not, do not, cannot. Um, you don't want to see me on stimulants. Yeah, so. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm flawed. I don't know quite how to respond. That's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no caffeine so part of the reason that I wanted to have you on here was certainly not for that, but was for how much you've been able to achieve in what to people like me have been in the profession for 30 years feels like not much time. But um, imagine how much you would have got done if you drank coffee too. Holy shit. I know. I know. It really like being on speed, hey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I guess sort of by way of background, um, you when did you graduate from chiropractic college? Yeah, 2013 um, was when I graduated. And then um, we got married at the start of 2014 and then straight into a couple of practices that we bought up in the Riverland in South Australia. Okay. So 13. And then, so now how many, you have a whole group of practices here in Australia, the Chiropractic Life Group. So yep. how many practices do you have? How many people are in the team? Give us yeah, the so, yeah, so we have around 40 practices now, uh, might be a couple more, a couple less. There's a bunch that are in like, um, you know, construction and takeover and, you know, and the like. So I'm not exactly sure because we've got people that do that now. Um, and we have around about 100, 120 staff. Yeah, it just sort of depends on, um, you know, COVID's really um, been a bit of a pain in the backside in regards to a bunch of staff because we we, we practice on very vitalistic principles. There's a bunch of, um, bunch of staff that were vitalistically thinking, holistically thinking, yeah, um, humanistically thinking, yeah, naturalistically thinking, and... Um, we just had to, you know, um, stay mandate compliant. And yep. so, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. 
So for the chiropractors who aren't in Australia, there's a situation here where to practice in certain environments, certain states, most states, it's mandated that you be vaccinated. Uh, and then that's created a situation where there's a bunch of chiropractors who are stepping out of practice, hopefully just for a short period of time, but um, essentially saying, yeah, this isn't for me. Um, so really tough situation around the place, but I can imagine juggling that across many practices is a big, big challenge. So, um, so there's a bunch of things that I really admire about you and about what you've been able to create where just for me, managing one practice is, is a big juggle. I just cannot imagine um, juggling 40 plus practices. I can't imagine being in a situation where I didn't know precisely how many practices I was overseeing as CEO of the organization. And, but you've created something. The, the second layer of that that I've become more aware of is you know, a bunch of people who I'm quite close with and have been, you know, I guess, known them since they were babies have worked with you and people who've been through my practice in various capacities have worked with you. And the thing that you, in terms of creating that scale, you've also created a great relationship with these people, a nurturing relationship with people. So it's not that you created scale by stepping over the top of people. You've really created a community within your practices and everybody that I've spoken with who has worked with you previously and now gone on to other things or is working with you currently has had an overwhelmingly positive experience. So I'm super keen to sort of understand how you've been able to create that. Yeah, um, it probably comes back to the vision, mission, purpose, which we set out at the very start. So the vision is to create lives full of life where life is equal to living in full expression. The mission is to create connectedness and synergistic environments where people are enlightened to see their full potential and then encouraged to adapt and evolve to realise their own unique aspirations to make the world a better place. Um, we do that through our purpose, which is to provide world-class chiropractic care and education and principles of natural law and business. Um, and so if we always refer back to that vision, mission and purpose and run, you know, all of the decisions that we're making through that filter, it just makes it, you know, you, you have a true north, um, yeah. is how I would define it. And if we're able to make decisions from that purpose, the, the result is um, a, a big business, but the, you know, what we achieve along the way is the really important part. Um, the overarching, like, goal behind it is not necessarily to make to make more money like I, i'm very fortunate i'm 31 years old i have more money than i will ever need it's not more than i want yeah i want more yeah. because I, yeah, it allows greater impact e equals mc squared yeah money is just liquid energy um and i would you know genuinely love to make a greater impact um in chiropractic because i think that we have something very very special and i genuinely believe that um if People that had the same philosophy that we have, yeah, um, you know, through the paradigms of again, yeah, vitalism, holism, naturalism, humanism, conservatism. Um, if people who had those paradigms had more of the world's liquid energy, the world would be a much better place than yeah than it is today. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you've downloaded a heap of sort of conceptual stuff there. If I can unpack it a little bit, you were talking about you went, you started off with a vision, mission and purpose. And was that something that you created right back in 2014 in terms of what you were creating? Or is that something that's that's plugged in along the way? Or how would you describe the journey along that way? 
Yeah, I always had very strong principles um, in like what I wanted. Now, I'd be absolutely telling fibs if I told you I had made heaps and heaps and heaps of mistakes along the way. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, we went to the Riverland. I had two practices there. We went to a third um, and we grew really rapidly. We probably tripled the size of yeah, the, what we were seeing there. Then um, we went to, we went, my wife and I went on our honeymoon about 18 months after we got married. Yeah, she finished <laughs> A very patient woman um and then we, when we came back it was very, it was freezing cold the next morning it was like i don't know minus four or something i'm like i can't do this it just it gets so cold in those sort of oh. inland areas doesn't it beautiful sunny days in winter but it is bitingly yeah. cold overnight bitingly bitingly cold and so um i basically said to emily we've got to go back to darwin's because i played a lot of football um up in darwin through um through university yeah um you know during the summer and I said, we're going to go back to Darwin. And we took over a couple more practices up there. And um, it was sort of in that sort of, oh, we ended up um, having our first child. I did a diplomat in paediatrics with Jen Keating. Um, and that was amazing. And so I found myself flying to and from Melbourne every, you know, four to six to eight weeks. Yeah. Um, and that was fairly taxing. And I was like, there's got to be a better way to do, to do everything. And I probably... No, not even probably. I definitely didn't provide the kind of support that I'm providing to our chiropractors now to the that early thing. And I made a, a lot of big mistakes and I learned very, very quickly from those big mistakes. And I would probably suggest that um, whilst it looks like everything's always awesome, it's it never is. Yeah. Um, and I've just made a lot, a lot of mistakes really quickly. And so in making those mistakes... Um, you know, you, you, you learn. You either, we either win or you learn. And I've just yeah. done a lot, a lot of learning. Over the years. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so you started off, I guess, with a sense of what you were wanting to create early on and then that's evolved over the, the, the journey. Then you spoke that vision, mission and um, purpose and you were saying that you make decisions reflective of the, the, those three. How does that work sort of on a day-to-day -day basis? Is that you're reflecting on them or when you as a team are making decisions? Yeah, or... yeah so we, um, we recently um, went to the, the step of hiring um, a, a, an integrator or a facilitator um, through EOS, um, yep. so on operating system by Gina Wickman and um, we recently so I might just I might just push pause there because there may be people who don't know about it I might just paraphrase it and you correct me if I'm wrong so Gina Wickman is uh, an American uh, author and a business coach essentially who has developed a way of conceptualizing a business and it's really targeted at growing sort of a small medium-sized business into a medium to potentially large business and it's got a whole lot of structure to it and, and what he would describe as an entrepreneurial operating system there's you know a whole bunch of I guess uh, rhythms to the way that you'd run your business and at the core of it in terms of the way you set up your hierarchy or your organizational chart is you have a visionary who's the person with the big ideas who from what I've spoken to you, I'm pretty sure you'd be sitting in the visionary seat. And then you also take on somebody who's an integrator because the thing that visionaries often have is huge ability to think of great ideas, but you get bored easily. And so crossing the T's and dotting the I's and uh, is not necessarily always a strong point. And so if you couple that, you, you kind of create what he describes as rocket fuel, where you'll have that. The, the benefit of both of those complementary personality types. Is that 
kind of the way yeah. you're seeing it? Yeah. Yeah, 100% rocket fuel with the VI, um, so visionary integrated pairing, and then um, traction, yeah, yeah, by putting all the right people in the right seats on the bus, yeah, doing the right work the right way. Um, and, yeah, so that that's something that we we did recently. And so along with the vision, mission, and purpose, I, I always had my own core values, and they were adopted as the um, Vivachi Industries, which is my, you know, parent company to Chiropractic Life, Um the core values and so we recently redid the core values and i tried not to impress upon you know what the, those core values were and um four out of the five of them came out as pretty much exactly the same and the fifth one was only a very slight tweak on where it was before and um yeah that that's something that i was kind of really kind of stoked with and proud of of the you know the new management team um and the people that I've gathered around me to try and help, yeah, help yeah. Um, all the chiropractors achieve more, all the CAs achieve more, and more importantly, the the teams, yeah, because you know team is key in all yeah. of these things. You can't win a premiership if you, yeah, just got one really good player. You've got to have a really good team, and so um, yeah, I, I'm really I'm really proud of that. And I'm really proud of all of our all of our staff in everything that they're achieving because whilst it might seem that I do all this, I like, like you said, I'm basically the visionary and I get, I've got the easiest job, I, I would say it. Um, I just get to cast a really amazing vision and I do a bunch of work, but then I hopefully hire all the right people to, yeah, to do all the things that need doing that I, I literally couldn't do it. Like um, Min is my um, integrator. She's amazing. I don't know how she puts up with me. Hey, um, And then, yeah, we've got Linda Smith, um, Adam Smith, we've got Judy Mayer um, in finance. Like these guys are like certified gangster people. And I don't know, I like, sometimes I pinch myself. I don't know why they would want to work for me. Hey, I, I really don't, <laughs> I, I get it. Hey. Well, I think it probably comes back to that vision, mission and purpose part of it, doesn't it? There's, it's interesting when you're talking about it, there's a uh, really one of my favourite books in terms of people, the relationship with people in a practice um, called Drive by Daniel Pink. And I've spoken about it on the podcast before, but essentially what he describes is he did a deep dive into the literature of what it takes for people to be engaged in their work. And my version of it, my stripped down kind of summary of it is that it requires, it's AMP, A-M-P, it stands for autonomy, as in people, it's, it's not that engaging to just be cranking widgets. And in a chiropractic context, it's not that engaging if you just have to, there's our procedures and if you do anything that steps outside any part of that, you know, that's not permitted. Um, we've all got our own sort of, we might have short, shared core values and shared purpose, mission, values, a whole bunch of things, but everybody likes to have their little individual flair or expression of that. Um, the second part of it, mastery, there's people are naturally engaged when there's, they feel like they're getting, or they know they're getting better at something um, as part of their work. If there's a challenge and you're getting better clinically or in a communication sense, or you're developing skills outside the chiropractic application. And then the final piece is the purpose part where we all like to feel like we're contributing to something bigger than ourselves, that we're part of something that is got a, a true mission to help people and help the world. And from what I've discussed with you, it sounds like you've got all those pieces in place. And, you know, that's probably a, a part of the reason that you've been able to create such momentum and engagement with your team. Yeah, um, I, I really hope that that is the case. Yeah, yeah. I hope that they're all engaged and for the, for the right reasons 
as well. And that's that's you know some of the filters like we we hire by the core values, we reward by the core values, we fire by the core values. Um, because yeah, and often you don't have to fire because it becomes very obvious that the person's not the right fit. Like they they feel very uncomfortable, and yeah, it, it ends up yeah not working out. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. So we've spoken then about the application of the uh, the um, uh, purpose day to day and in terms of decision making. And is that something that when you've got 40 practices, and I assume there's a certain amount of that decision making that's made centrally, and there's a certain amount of decision making that's made within the practices. Is that something that's expected everybody to be reflecting on those uh, statement purposes across the board? Or how does that work? Yeah, so we we have regular um, Friday night lives, yeah, once a month where we go through and we give um, culture awards, yeah. So basically, the people that live out the vision, mission, and purpose, and people that are living out the core values. And so, this is just our way of trying to make sure that um, people know. And so, when we ha- when we have a new hire, they go through an induction process, and they they the the why I think it's a Simon Sinek, yeah. Why is more important than what or how? And yeah. so, to me like chiropractic without the principles, um, like I'll be the first person off the bus. Um, yeah. If we lose that, that principle nature and, and the why, and like that's why I'm so involved with, for example, ACC. Like if we lose the principles and the why we do what we do and the ability to be able to practice chiropractic um, the way that I know and love it, um, yeah, I'll be the first one off the bus. Like it's, that's why I do what I do. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So uh, we've spoken probably about this a bit, but what what are you, you personally, what's the influence that you're trying to have? Because I know you operate within the practice and that's a big expression of your purpose and you've spoken, you've given us what the vision of that is. But I also know we mentioned that you're very involved in ACC and I know you're also involved in a bunch of other things that are important to chiropractic in terms of, the preservation of those principles and philosophy and that sort of thing. So is there a broad thing that you're trying to achieve across all of them or is it all part of the same mission? Um, it's a really, really good question. And um, something that I've put, I put thought into regularly, I don't know exactly where the end, yeah, the end point is, but I just know that I'm living a purposeful life. And like every day I get out of bed, um, I'm on on purpose and moving in the right direction. Exactly where the end point is, I'm not sure. And I kind of keep, keep getting hit on the sides, you know, keep moving in that right direction. Um, but what I would genuinely like to see is that chiropractors be more successful yeah, in their own practices because if they're more successful in their own practices, more people are being served, more people are under care. And moving towards chiropractic being recognised as what I believe that should be is the front line of healthcare. And it's not, um, it's not healthcare as we know it today, which I believe is a pathological disease care system. Um, it's, you know, salutogenic, you know, expression of self and connecting man physical with man spiritual. Um, like, you know, that real embodied, you know, what the miracles we see on a daily basis in practice. And so that's why I still, you know, maintain time in practice, even though, I could probably be better using my time doing other things. Um, I love the connection with people. I love yeah, seeing them, you know, I love seeing a, a, a baby that was having MRIs in his brain and, you know, um, on his sacrum and they told him that he'd never walk because he wasn't crawling. And, you know, um, within six weeks he's crawling and then within another six weeks he's walking like that. 
you can't put words to the impact on that child's life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So tell us a bit about the involvement you're having with ACC. What's your sort of, what are you, I know that you're pretty active in terms of promoting the college and yeah. encouraging people to, to become students there. Do you, do you have an official role or do you just have a, I'm just uh, being supportive? I'm just, I'm just a, a staunch supporter. I'm the, you know, the, the chief barracker. I'm like Joffa for Collingwood, you know, I'm the yeah. one that, yeah, with the banner and, you know, saying everyone get behind this. Um, I, I really see the, the, again, the vision, mission and purpose of what ACC is setting out to do for, you know, for chiropractic in Australia. And um, I don't know, I just, I, I really think that if we don't stand up for things that we believe in, then what's the point of even being here in the first place? Or what's the point of having another $100,000 or million dollars or whatever yeah. um, if what you, what you love is lost? Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, we've run a bunch of, um, we're calling dinner with the docs with the docs. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, prospective students and we've, you know, invited along some other docs and, you know, they're, the people from within their practices that are prospective students and then did a presentation and, you know, signed up a bunch of new students for the start of this year. There'll be another one of those happening around May for the mid-year intake. Um, and we're hoping to make that much bigger. So having, you know, uh, a bunch of different practices around Australia involved and webcasting in um, so that we can essentially fill the whole mid-year intake and then get yeah. a whole bunch ready for the start of next year. So um, let's just, let's just push pause there. Cause I think, there's yep. something that I think if, if people are inspired, as I imagine they will be by what you're creating, part of what they can do to contribute as well is to refer students to become chiropractors. And okay. I hadn't heard about the webinars and also the being able to webcast into the Dinner with the Docs until I was at Concordia. And so if I can just paraphrase, my understanding of it is, got a phenomenal venue in Adelaide where they've been doing dinner with the docs where they essentially then give people the chiropractic story and how cool it is as a profession and an opportunity to come and tour the college and then that's been instrumental in helping grow student numbers where Adelaide College I think has gone from 10 students the first year 20-ish the second year and 42 students starting first year this year so phenomenal growth and really on track to um, be a, a, a great impact on the chiropractic community in Australia and the program that they have is amazing so if you want your the kids or the students the potential students who are coming through your practice to get a picture of that they, regardless of whether you are in Australia or elsewhere, these would be a great introduction. So where should people go to get more information? Should they just inquire at the college or do you... Do they yeah, so they, can, they can inquire directly through the college. There's also another group that I'm a part of called the Guardians 100. Um, yep. And if you sign up there, you'll get a shirt and a pin and, you know, all the things and you'll be, uh, you know, a guardian of the sacred trust. And the goal of that is for you to refer one student per year um, yeah, to the college and so it's just about having those conversations in your practice so, yeah, with the people who you see as values aligned, who you see as, you know, people that would make great chiropractors. Yeah. Um, if we look back to, you know, the history of chiropractic when it was B, yeah, BJ and DD, like how did people become chiropractors? Like they, they heard the story and they, they had the miracle cases themselves. And so the people that come into chiropractic um, knowing the philosophy already are going to make amazing chiropractors. And so I, I just feel like we... 
Um, I don't really say an obligation. I actually posted that on my Facebook yesterday, a repost from, you know, before, and, you know, it was BJ saying, you know, I will sell chiropractic within the law without the law. Yeah, that, that one. Yep. Um, I don't like the word obligation because obligation means that, you know, you, you have to do something. I, I think that we should be doing this by choice. Like if you want to have um, great associates come into your practice, if you're a senior chiropractor, then you'd want to be referring people from your town because, you know, the ones that are from your town are the ones that are most likely to come back to you, you know, your, to your practices. Yep. Um, and who better than the, the people that you've been taking care of your whole life? Like, you know, with you, Martin, there's countless yeah, mm. young chiropractors today that have been through your, your practice. And yep. so, um, you know, you want to look for the Matt Caratelli's. You want to yep. look for, yeah, um, those type of people to become chiropractors. Um, and it, it's just going to make the world a better place. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll put a link in the show notes for the Guardians as well as for the college, because I think I agree they're really important organisations. One thing I want to um, just acknowledge you for as well before we move on from the, the college discussion is that you've been out for eight years and you've been working your ass on creating these practices and the community around it and you've also even though you've only been out for eight years are the the single biggest individual donor to the Adelaide College of Chiropractic which I understand is two hundred thousand dollars that you and Emily have donated if is that right yeah it's, it's a little more than that but that's okay um yeah. the, it, I say Emily's the biggest donor Emily's okay. um yeah, she's she's the brains behind all of this and um, she's at home at the moment. She actually just, um, her and um, the kids have just gotten COVID today, um, which, which is a little bit funny. So we're on, I've been away last week going around to a bunch of the Southern New South Wales practices doing um, workshops yeah, with them to, you know, to show them how that they need to do their tummy time and their neurodevelopmental disorder workshops and dinner with the docs. Um, so I missed out last week. I saw them yeah, yesterday Um and the night before, and then um, yeah, they, Livy must have come home from school. But last night I was staying out here in um, in Murray Bridge, so I've um, I've missed the, missed the <laughs> but another week um, in isolation out here um, by myself, which is a bit funny. Um, but Emily's um, Emily's literally the brains behind all of this. All of the things like I, I tell you some funny stories like um, crystals, right? I always yeah, Emily's always like she's always been into crystals, and I'm like, oh, that's just rubbish. And then, yeah, and then she gets me a book and I do some reading. I'm like, wow, there's actually really something to this, hey? And then, um, you know, she's talking about astrology um, and I'm like, oh, come on now, star signs are rubbish. And now I run a, a large part of the business using, you know, astrology, you know, astrological charts and planetary movements. Like, um, <laughs> she, yeah, she, she's literally um, the, the early adopter and the, you know, the, the, the probably the bigger visionary than me. To be fair, um, I, I just got this crazy work ethic and um, love chiropractic. That's awesome. That's so cool. Well, actually, so I uh, apologise for understating the level of Emily yeah. and your. Your uh, contribution there, but I, you know, it is just a phenomenal right. effort. Thank you. Um, so, just complete background now. How do you get involved in chiropractic? Like, where did you where did you grow up? How did you connect with chiropractic initially? Yeah. Um, so, I'm from Castleton in country Victoria, 
Um, and I used to go to the chiropractor every, I don't know, two to four weeks-ish. We'd go wherever we, wherever the football was every second weekend because, you know, you'd have the home game and the away game. And so yeah. we used to see chiropractors like Richard Mitten in Hamilton, Kane Fraser was in Hamilton, Naomi Fleming, um, who was Naomi McKenzie before that, yeah. in Portland. Yeah. Um, uh, who else did we see? Um, Neville Creed in uh, Gambia. Oh, yeah. Gambia. Wow. Gambia um and so yeah we kind of like you know did all of all of this and then when I was um when I was about 15 I was a terrible terrible kid and so mum and dad pulled me out of school for six months and they made me do hard labor type stuff because I was then a real little shit um and so yeah they made me do a plumber's laborer and builder's laborer and a rouseabout and all these type of things basically to teach me that I had more brains than what I was using um, at the time. And so a really funny story. One day there was a plumber and he had me dig this trench. It was probably on a 20 metres long and six feet deep. Yeah, and I thought it was to lay a pipe. And we'd finished and they, they'd all stopped for lunch and I was pretty determined with fellow. So, you know, I finished the trench. Yeah, and I, there was about 15 minutes of lunch to go and I, you know, walked over and I said, look, I'm done. And he said, all right, well, after lunch, you can fill it all back in. I'm like, well, I'm going to put the pipe in. He said, no, that was just to give you something to do. Um, <laughs> Um, after that, what I did is I, um, I pinched his drill and um, I hit it. I didn't actually put it in the hole. And um, at the end of the day, he was looking for his drill and he says to me, where's, where's my drill? And I said, well, have fun finding it in that trench, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, so that fast forward from that, then mum and dad got me to do a bunch of um, work experience with a, a bunch of different chiropractors. Uh, sorry, chiropractors. A uh, um, bunch of different professionals. So, from accountants to lawyers to uh, medical doctors to physios and then one of them just happened to be a chiropractor and then it became, ended up being chiropractors um and so that was um andrew kerr um he oh, was yeah. over in Adelaide at the time and he he's also from castor and so his um dad stewie is a great great mentor of mine he um passed earlier this year and um yeah uh, it was a, a terrible loss but um yeah, I, I couldn't thank Shuey and or Andrew enough for, yeah, for where I am, yeah, um, right now. So I went over to see Andrew. Andrew was an Ironman at the time. And um, we used to get up each morning and run, yeah, a long, long way. Um, I think it was, you know, between, you know, 10, 10 Ks and a half marathon most mornings. We'd swim a couple of Ks at lunch and we'd ride, ride a bunch on the bike at night. Um, I was trying to um, make AFL at this time. I was, you know, playing for Victoria in football. And I thought that this was living the dream. And so the, the thing that really stuck out for me when I went there is, as opposed to all the other health things, Andrew was active all the time and he was always on fire in practice. He also got me to go and observe other, yeah, um, really amazing chiropractors when I was over there. And I did a bunch of screening and all sorts of things for him. But what really struck me is that all of the people that went in there, they always went in there and they always left with a smile on their faces. Like they were always like living a healthy, healthy life. And like, I, I, I'm like, if there's something I want to do every day for the rest of my life, that's not play football. I said, yeah. this is, yeah. And so from there, um, yeah, I spent a whole bunch of my time. Yeah. Learning um, all, all of what it was to be a chiropractor, but what really probably, you know, tipped me over the edge was on that first night, he had me read, the story of that something in the, yeah, in the bigness of the fellow within and then the big idea, yeah, one after the other. And um, that set my soul on fire and I haven't been able to put it out since. Like it literally just, I, I can't describe how much I love that. And so every young person, every practice member who I think should become a 
a chiropractor, I send them those two things. And I said, if you read this and it, yeah, and it, and, and it stirs inside, I said, we need to talk. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. That's so cool. What a journey. So just as an aside, what happened with the football career? Um, so I got a bunch of injuries um, probably where I shouldn't have in that seven, yeah. sort of 17, 18-year-old um, sort of bracket. I, I played a bunch of, you know, big country and, and that sort of thing. I played some VFL footy. But once, you know, once I didn't quite get drafted in those two, those two to three draft years, like 16, 17, 18 there, I kind of moved towards chiropractic more, yeah, from yeah. that. Because what happened was I was playing some halfback each of those years and both halfback flankers got drafted each year. Yeah. Um, I wasn't, because I, I, I'd gone from when I, when I was growing up getting, you know, a bunch of possessions, you know, being a midfielder plus slash playing in the ruck and, you know, having a lot of the ball. And then they, they kind of pigeoned me in, in that um that development stage as a center back, you know, do your role, make sure this bloke doesn't get a kick, yeah, yeah all that sort of stuff. And so, yeah, one one game really stuck out to me towards the end of my my top age years. I played on a bloke named Michael Still, yeah. um, and he got drafted to Essendon at pick seven, I think. And anyway, he kicked eight goals one week, then nine goals, then seven goals. Then they played us, and he got two kicks. I played on him. Yeah. Um, and then he kicked seven goals and six goals the two weeks after that. And I didn't get a vote. I didn't get a mention. Uh, and the two guys on the halfback flanks got, you know, the best on ground and, you know, you know yeah, and all that. And I was just like, this is kind of bullshit, hey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. The, the thankless um, position. For people who aren't in. Punch from behind. People- yeah, people who aren't from Australia, AFL, a centre-half back is like a defensive, a key defensive position. It's typically a big but fairly mobile person. And a lot of AFL strategy, attacking strategy, is about getting the ball to the person that Adam, in this circumstance, was cutting out of the game. And uh, it's one of those jobs that is just a really tough, uh, really accountable but not necessarily super glamorous role because it's got a lot of defensive accountability. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that, um, that, that kind of happened. And I was in love with chiropractic by this point. Like I was reading, you know, I was reading green books. I was reading blue books and. This is before you'd even got to chiropractic college or this is. Yeah. In a, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I was, I was very lucky. And then, yeah, as I went through chiro college, I observed 500 chiropractors as I went through college because wow. I'm. Um, I've been told that, you know, if I wanted to know what I wanted to do, then I needed to have um, I had the, these books. I had the things that I liked and the things that I didn't like. And um, I just used to make notes of all the things I liked and I didn't like. And I observed, you know, people from, you know, 30-second adjustments to one lady was doing an hour and a half, you know. Um, and, yeah, um, that was the longest day of my life. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I saw all the things that I liked and the things I didn't like. I saw all the things that um, resonated with me and what I wanted to do. And so, yeah, the, the rest is kind of history. Wow. And so then you went to chiropractic college, you went through RMIT, is that? Yep. yep. Yeah, that's Excellent. correct. Yeah, RMIT. Um, I was, yeah, very lucky to have a really um, great cohort and, you know, a strong bunch of people that to hang around with. Um, I got to... Um, probably played the rules a bit funny in the student clinic. I sort of finished my numbers within six weeks because I had all the footy boys coming through and I kind of just told them that they're all on a care plan, even though you weren't supposed to do care plans in college. Um, so they were all coming in, you know, three times a week and we were getting them all through and their families. Um, and so then I got to go out on placement early, which was awesome. And so 
basically what I did is I did it with a bunch of chiropractors, Andrew being one of them. And we got a bunch of people from the, like the churches and the homeless shelters and whatever. And they used to come through on the shifts that weren't normally open. And I was seeing, you know, two, two, 300, you know, visits a week, you know, um, for a gold coin donation per appointment, you know, when I was, you know, doing my placement. And so that's sort of where it all sort of kicked off. And I learned, you know, system and procedure and all those type of things while I was being a tech CA. And so then it was just, you know, learning those hands-on skills. That's awesome. That's yeah. amazing. So if you were, there's a couple of sort of points that I'd love to get your advice on. So if we look at, if somebody is say a chiropractic student, what would you suggest they do if they really want to set themselves up for the sort of, whether it's the sort of success you've had or just to be as successful as possible, what do you think the things that you would suggest are the most important things to do? are? Um, read avidly. Number one, um, yeah, the, who you will be in five, 10 years from now is, you know, the people you hang out with in the books you read. So, you know, read avidly and then hang out with amazing mentors. Yeah. So go and hang out with Martin. Yeah. I know that he'd love to have people in his practice with him. Go and hang out with Dave Cahill. Like, I, I don't know the number of philosophy nights and, you know, sort of things that I had in Dave's practice. And now, you know, he's a ACA president, which is, yeah. you know, amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, Practice your skills, yeah. So, you know, practice your skills as much as you possibly can. And, um, yeah, dream big. Just know that anything is possible. We have we, we have the best product on the face of the earth. Like, you know, who doesn't want more quality and quantity of their life? Yeah. And so, yeah, that, they would be the, ma- the, the major things. We find, yeah, find yourself a mentor. We're, we're running some mentoring, yeah, sort of things through chiropractic life now um, because we want to try and help to be the, you know, the, the, the tide that lifts all ships. Yeah. Um, I don't mind if they end up being, you know, Martin's associate or, you know, Dave's associate or whose associate they end up being. But what I want to see is um, associates being more successful. Like I think that some of the figures at the moment are in Australia, the average first associateship lasts three months, which really? is which is crazy, right? And uh, um, I think it's about 50% of your cohort won't be a chiropractor within five years, which again seems absolutely ludicrous when you look at how many associate positions are out there right now and you know the sort of success that's that's possible and you know i i think it's again it's just that that internal drive and that willingness to, to train so like if you're a professional sports person or a professional musician you've got to train right and so yeah. i think that that's that's probably the big thing and i don't know I, to me chiropractic's not really a job it's not really a vocation it's my life yeah it's what i love to do yeah day in and day out and so you know, if you yeah find something that you love this much, you know, you'll never work a day in your life. And so that's kind of where we're at. Wow. And so if we sort of zoom out a little bit more and we go to somebody who's been in practice for a while, they feel like they've got their stuff together and they're successful and they want to create more leverage, which is, you know, essentially what you've been able to do and getting other people engaged. Is there a particular way that you think that they should go about that? Yeah, so that's actually the next thing that I'm moving into. So I'm literally at the moment recording um, my, I think it's, a, it's called Software as a Service or it's a, yep. a webinar series um, called Investorus. Um, so I love property um, yep. and property investment and um, there's going to be webinars coming soon. And the, the purpose of this is basically some of the chiropractors that I know that have amazing businesses what would happen if you turned the tap off and you didn't have any income for the next month or yeah. three or six months? And I know that for a lot of them, um, the, the ones that actually make the most money, they're probably worse off than the ones that make less money because they're used to living this sort of standard of life. 
And yeah, I genuinely think that we should be investing, yeah, for passive income streams, yeah, um, yeah. long term. Because if if chiropractic had more, um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to swear on this, but yep, you know, that's fine. Yeah, your yep. money. If we had more of that, then we wouldn't be so um, we wouldn't be so vulnerable. Um, yeah. Is probably the thing. And so, you know, I'd like to see every chiropractor be more successful, like I said earlier. And if we had more of the world's liquid energy behind us, we'd able to, you know, market as you know, market chiropractic for what it truly is together. Yeah, working together um, and and move the move the needle in the direction that we wanted to, you know to move in. Because um, I, I genuinely feel like when when we're under threat from things. One of the major reasons for that is because we're segregated and separated and that's why we have so much infighting. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that being, um, yeah, being, I think that money, you know, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, yeah. money covers off those basal needs that yeah. you used to ha- um, get by having proper shelter, proper food and proper water. If you don't have money today, you don't have those things. And so, yeah. yeah, I think that that would make a huge difference for the profession. And so that's, um, I want to teach people to have, um, to have what I have and yeah. be able to serve from a place of love. Yeah. Like when you go into a report of findings, you don't need the person in yeah. front of you. You just want them to have the best care they can possibly have. Yeah. And if you're able to serve from that place, then awesome. Same as if you take on an associate, if you're able to serve from the place of, I want you to be the most successful you and invest significantly in them on the front end, like that's always going to pay dividends. And yeah. so, yeah, that's, um, that's probably well, what that's I cool. That's super cool. Um, so over the journey, who would you, who or what would you say your biggest chiropractic influences would be? Um, so I started coaching when I very first graduated, might even just before I first graduated with Mark Possels. Yeah. Um, so he's been an amazing guiding light for me over the years. Um, then from there, um, when I was doing Jen's Peds Diplomat, um, I met a, a gentleman by the name of Scott Walters, and Scotty's been like. Uh, an absolute rock like what that man's given to me I, I couldn't I, I can't thank him enough hey um, all yeah. of the the love and the support but not only just for me for all of the people in chiropractic life like he's so so selfless and so unassuming and people would never know just how much he's given yeah to allow yeah. chiropractic life to be where it is today um, I have to thank Andrew for getting me into this um, yeah it's been uh, uh, an absolutely wild ride um, and more recently, we've been coaching with um, Babe Galaki, TRP, and a bunch of other organisations as well. So Steve France now is, and Bobby, and Malcolm, and Adrian, yeah, TRP. Um, but I'm, I'm very lucky to have had many mentors. Like I have eight different coaches at the moment in different sort of spheres, um, like to the point of like the, the most recent one that I'm really heavily invested in other than the Gino Wickman stuff is Dan Sullivan, strategic yeah. coach. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, well, I think um, Gino used to be in yeah. strategic coach. Didn't he? They're very he aligned. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he did definitely. Um, and it's, again, it's just being an avid learner. Like I love learning new and yeah, new things and being able to apply them and looking at how those successful people do it. I, 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 I think I'm a quite a good um, mirror and matcher or a parrot or I'm not quite sure what it is, but looking at other people's success and being like, right, well, how did they do it? And how can I shortcut yeah, that? I think modeling success is the, yeah, uh, the term I'd use. Yeah, you're a good modeler, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're, they're all of those people. But um, yeah, probably doubling back to Scotty. I couldn't thank Scotty enough for 
yeah, for everything that he's done over the last, it would be the last six years. Um, yeah. 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 So, yeah, Scott Walters is super smart guy. And he's, I think the other thing that I really admire that he brings to the profession is he's gone outside of chiropractic to, to see what are the best ways that we can do things where he's gone done postgraduate study in business and then applied the learnings that he's had from that to running a, a really sort of patient-centered uh, model of chiropractic so yeah he's a super impressive guy um so outside of chiropractic then any other life influences that have informed the way that you've approached things and the way that you do things yeah um i'd have to i'd have to double back to um andrew kerr's father stewie um yeah. Who that man couldn't talk to, he would talk to a, a post. Um, he yeah. was such a happy and jovial man. And um, yeah, Stewie um, will be for, yeah, forever remembered um, as um, yeah, just a great, great uh, role model and man. Um, my yeah, grand and grandfather. So my grandfather's um, name was Peter West. He played football for Geelong, um, and he used to we used to sit up in the past players stand um, back in the day, and um, he used to say Joel Selwood. He wears number fourteen. He's the second best number fourteen for Geelong ever. Um, yeah, um, uh, yeah. Until he passed, um, he yeah he um, he was a great a great husband, a great father, and he yeah he never drank. Um, and so that's something that I, um, I, I, I follow along with. I don't drink either. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just the way that he, he um, collected his family around him. I have that as a great, you know, a great model as well as um, my, uh, my father-in-law, Brad Thompson. Um, yeah. The way that he, he parents and the way that he takes care of his family is something that I really aspire to be like. Um, and then last but not least, I'd have to talk about my, my little CA Shannon, but, um, so when I got to Darwin, I, I took over this practice and there was a, a CA named Shannon O'Toole and Shannon embodies everything it means to be a chiropractor. And eventually it got to the point where Shannon decided that she was going to go study to be a chiropractor and she went over to New Zealand. And so just to give some context and background, Shannon was at your standout check-in CA. Yeah, everybody loved her. And I... You know, I'd be lying if I told you that I always run on time. Um, I would have, I would have had twenty, maybe twenty-five people waiting, yeah, to get adjusted, and Shannon would be keeping every one of them entertained, loved, cared for, and everyone loved it. They, and I reckon they came to see Shannon more than they came came for their adjustments. And um, anyway, she went to study to be a chiropractor, and in she was about six months in, and it was coming to her um, her first exam period. And she started getting really severe headaches and she was being taken care of by um, Sheridan Kay and um, Dave over in New Zealand at the time. And she was their CA as well. And um, yeah, she had real severe headaches and then she started getting blurry vision. And so what they found is they found a glioblastoma multiform next to her, her pituitary gland. Um, and so um, it was stage four by this point. And so they tried surgery, they chopped it out. And within three weeks, it was back to the same size or bigger. Um, and so they, um, they brought Shan home to Darwin and, um, we tried everything. Um, we sent her to the Hoxie clinic over in Mexico. Um, we did all the research and the research showed that chemo and the like, you know, we're going to, um, end her life sooner. So she, she, um, made the decision not to do that. Um, I specifically remember like her being in the epithetonus position, like that extension position. 
and um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, we're going to do it anyway, asking her mum if I could check her, um, you know, in the in the ward and um, she said, yeah, that's that's fine, no worries. And so when I checked her and I adjusted her atlas, that was the first time she you know, she just slumped and, yeah. Yeah, and relaxed. Um, and then, the, the, you know, the, the pressure must have built back up and, um, you know, the same position. It, it got to the point where um, I was able to come to terms with the fact that she wasn't going to be with us any longer. And so that night I asked if I could check her again and I checked her again and she went into that relaxed state i gave her a kiss and i said you know you, you, you can go now shan and by the time i got home which is about 10 15 minutes away um she was gone um and so the remarkable part of this story is and I, again this these synergies happen through life and I, I don't know how to explain it but i i got back to darwin after having our son which is about 12 months after this point and her her little brother and her mum had restarted care and they'd gone through their initial phase of care again and it got back to her mum's re-x-ray and so she she developed a beautiful curve through the first lot of her care while Shan was around and because of the stress of everything of you know Shannon passing and everything she'd gone to you know severe reverse curve atlas was level and tilted off to the side you know your typical stress posture and she had an amazing result in uh, the three month mark when we looked at you know some re-x-rays and the most amazing thing from there happened. So I was walking her back down and we, we'd spent quite a long time because it was the last appointment of the shift um, going through her comparative report. And we walked back down the hallway. And so I see the light flicking on and off, yeah, down where the adjustment <laughs> is, the six tables. And my daughter's standing on the chair. And I'm like, Livy, what are you doing? And she's like, daddy, daddy, daddy. I'm trying to get the butterfly to move. And so um, basically, um, to cut a long story short, my, my spirit animal is a is a butterfly and um every time i think of shan i see a butterfly and it's a ulysses butter, butter, butterfly like the one with the black and the, and the yep. blue yep. and so it turns out that emily and my um my children had come down to see jackie um shannon's mum and there'd been a ulysses butterfly on the outside of the practice because the house was house was above the practice and when emily opened the door it flew in and around and down the hallway and then straight onto we had tvs above the tables to yep. you know Play, um, Heidi's videos or whatever for the practice members and it, it perched up on the TV on the only table left you know um you know cleaned up by the, yeah 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 um and yeah and and I'd only just been telling Jackie about how every time I think of Shannon I see yeah this Ulysses butterfly in her comparative report and as we walk down the hallway there it is and it it, it gets it gets more so um uh I, I check and adjust um, Jackie and then um, Emily basically goes over to the computer and puts her finger up and the butterfly flies onto Emily's finger and then Emily takes it outside and it flies away. <sighs> it was one of the most remarkable things that have ever happened in my life. And then for, fast forwarding um, about a year and a half, we ended up you know, moving from down. We've moved down to Adelaide now. And as the removal truck left um, the practice slash our house, because it was all the same thing up in Darwin, the butterfly flew up in front of us, landed on the back of the truck as it went away. Oh. And, and I, I literally, I can't explain these things, hey. Um, but all I know is that Shan's with me. Um, yeah. And so that's, you know, if you ask about big impacts on my life, um, yeah, that'd be, that'd be it. That'd be a big one. Wow. That is just, yeah, that is a phenomenal 
series of uh, events, isn't it? Just, yeah, yeah. it seems like coincidence, but it seems like it's almost too perfect to be true. Yeah, yeah. So you can sort of see that you were talking earlier about that value around connection, and um, it's yeah. certainly a common thread in the the influences that you've had, isn't it? Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. So listen, mate. I want to thank you so much for sharing. Uh, the whole journey and the the parts of it that I know were tough for you to talk about are the bits that I know will have a big impact on people and I really appreciate you for that sort of authenticity that you you always have and you've shared with us today and uh, I sort of want to acknowledge you for the success that you've had and created both for you and for the people around you and for the people that you as a team serve and the the bigness of the the game that you're wanting to play is really inspiring and i want to thank you for coming on and talking about it so generously thank you so much for having me marty and thank you um everyone for for listening and you know allowing me that space to share thank you so much if you enjoyed today's episode then you will love the mastering daily interactions online workshop It's a three-part online workshop that will show you an exact framework that you can use on every visit to make sure that your patients or clients are getting that drip, drip, drip feed of information that will help them create a greater connection to the understanding at the core of chiropractic. You see, the truth of it is that people change beliefs or learn new beliefs gradually and they learn them based on their experience so you can have the best report of findings in the world but if you don't have that reinforcement over time of a specific efficient structure that allows you to connect and create individualized value on every visit then you're never going to get as good a results so check out the mastering daily interactions website at insideoutpractices.com